tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. What a week this has been. Um, It's been incredible, not only coming off of our Bible Day camp, but it just seems like a, a number of staff have gone on vacation, out sick, a bunch of leaders and volunteers are out sick or on vacation, and we've been scrambling to fill positions and trusting the Lord and just moving on. And uh, we are so glad for willing servants that have stepped up. Uh, our whole worship team was different than it, what it's supposed to be this morning. Um, some have gotten sick. Others are transferred to other campuses, and we're making it work. But I'm glad you're here today. Yes, and, and, and uh, I don't know about you, but I feel great. Um, my name is Mike, uh, one of the pastors here. And, um, but you know, as I've been talking and praying with people who have been tr- struggling, uh, there's this intense flu that's going around. There's a head cold that's going around. And of course, some have uh, been hit again and, and again and again with COVID. Uh, they've been brought low. And yet what's been encouraging to me is as I've been talking and texting and, and visiting others, uh, they are, they've placed their faith in the Lord and they're looking to him for rescue as they walk through their now longer than expected recovery. God is going to get them through and truly be their life saver. Because God is a rescuer. <laughs> Psalm 116.8, which we'll be looking at Psalm 116, but verse 8 says this, You, God, have delivered, that word literally means rescued, my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, because God can. He's able to, and he's willing to, and God is truly a lifesaver. And, and kind of like the lifesaver candies that you were handed today. If you're online looking, you're wondering what's going on. We handed out little lifesaver candies uh, to those who came today. And uh, so what is, what's your favorite flavor? How many of it is lime? Well, only, if, oh, that's the best flavor. How many of you it's orange? Yes. How many, how many of you it's, uh, it's, it's uh, uh, the red? Jerry, yeah. And how many of you really like the pineapple one? Are you kidding me? This is the one you give away. <laughs> At least for me. But the candy uh, it was a lifesaver really for its creator. I told this story a few months ago, but Clarence Crane, a, a maple sugar producer turned chocolatier, but his chocolate business was melting away in the summer heat of Cleveland, Ohio back in 18 something. So he got to work on a hard candy mint and found a pill maker, uh, could use a pill press and manufacture this hard candy, but it wasn't quite working and malfunctioned, so he put a hole in the middle of it and it worked wonderfully. It looked like a life preserver ring, and so he named them Life Savers, and actually the first one was, I think, Pepo Mint, and, uh, and, it was a, and, the, and the tagline was to, you know, a, a lifesaver for your breath, but um, whatever. But the, the name was appropriate as the candy was a hit, and it saved his business. Later, he sold the rights, and it turned into a million-dollar company that was sold in 2004 to Wrigley for over $1.4 million. Wow, what a lifesaver. 
And by the way, I don't know if you know this, but their production plant is located in Montreal, Canada, the place of my birth. And if many of us have way better stories of rescue, maybe it's from physical peril or when you're emotionally down or maybe in trouble financially or needed just a place to stay or stranded somewhere and someone rescued you and you're so appreciative we generously thank our rescuers and we feel a greater sense of connection with them as well for their help, but even more dedicated to God for orchestrating it all. And if we were to move into a time of sharing, we could fill literally hours of stories of how God created and orchestrated rescue for us. I know for me, there have been so many times that I've been uh, down or struggling and just there with God and saying, Lord, I just, I just need some encouragement. Help me, give something to me. And all of a sudden, bling, the phone rings. <laughs> and here it is, a, a distant mentor who I haven't talked to in, in years said, as I was praying, God encouraged me to pray for you. And then he said, call you. I don't know why. <laughs> because God orchestrated that. Or maybe it's been times when, when we've been struggling financially and and though we told no one, God sent money or groceries or needed items. But the greatest rescue is when God saved me. Um, some of you know my story. Uh, grew up in an in a, uh, alcoholic family that, that finally exploded the family apart and uh, just struggling. My brother and my mom and I moved down from Alaska to San Diego and just started a life. Uh, and it was hard. We were very close to poverty, lived in a very low-income part of San Diego area, and uh, um, new kid at school. Uh, I was struggling with my weight. <laughs> Still do a little bit. Uh, couldn't buy all the cool clothes. Uh, felt less and empty. And I thought, man, if this is life, why? <laughs> why go on? but God rescued me. He had me live right next door to a guy that, that was going through some of the similar things, but he was very different because he had a relationship with God. And I thought if it could help Jeff, maybe it could help me. And he took me to church and I learned that God loves me and has a plan for my life and wants to rescue me from what the world has destroyed in my life. But something stands in the way. I'm, I'm a sinful person and I, and I knew that very well. <laughs> I knew myself, um, done a lot of crazy, dumb, stupid, wrong things. And, and yet there's no way for me to save myself. I needed a savior. So I learned about Jesus, how Jesus came, was born and lived life and showed us how to relate to God. And then he took the, all of our sin upon him when he died in the cross and paid its penalty through his death. But the greatest part of that story is that he didn't stay dead. On that third day, he rose from the grave and man, all of sin is taken care of. All we need to do is to believe. And believe me, I, when I heard that story Jeff shared with me that night, I got down on my knees and I prayed and received Jesus and a burden was lifted off me. I was saved and man, I was filled with a love that you couldn't believe. And since then, I've dedicated my life to him and I love the Lord. Amen. Many of you have that same story. Well, Psalm 116 is a story like that. 
It's a personal prayer how interactive God is in a, and, and a public announcement of a dedication to God. And so I'd like for us to look at that psalm this morning to uh, see if we can feel that way too, that, that way of loving the Lord. Three truths of our interactive God in three ways to, dedicate, to be dedicated to him for a life dedicated to our interactive God thrives. Before we do, why don't you stand to your feet? Let's pray and ask God to challenge us and encourage us this morning. I know you're here not by accident or online by accident. God orchestrated that for part of your rescue today. Father God, we come before you knowing that in some way we need rescue. God, we want you to be that lifesaver in our own life so, Lord, as we walk through this psalm this morning, encourage us and challenge us, draw us ever closer to you, and may we proclaim like the psalmist that we love the Lord. Bless us as we take a look at your word this morning. Use it, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat and I encourage you uh, to take out the outline that you received when you walked in. It's that uh, folder that Haley talked about, that card. Definitely hang on to that. Give us a prayer request. There's an outline to fill in online. You can look at this and our website is there or just get a piece of paper and, and look at that. Also available online is our study guide. And you, this morning, you can get one of these here if you walk out these double doors and turn left. Uh, there's a table there, resource table. This is there. This study guide has all the answers to the fill in the blanks, little of the extra verses that are there. Plus, there's a lot of good questions to ask. Many of our life groups use this when they get together. There's some reading plans, really way to help study because our hope is that you would use this time in God's word as a launch pad for some personal study this week. That you'd maybe relook at this psalm or look up some of the extra verses and go a little bit deeper in this. Uh, our webpage, uh, 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 website that has a uh, revive section of that, that helps, has some good helps on there. There's some other articles there that will be helpful. Plus it's a connection to our podcast, which we do most every week where we go just a little bit deeper in what uh, the study that we've had and maybe it'd be encouraging to you in that. But Psalm 116 is a, is a very personal psalm, making a personal reference some 37 times in 16 verses. But it's about our response to the way God is personal and interactive with us. The name of God, uh, you see it in your Bibles, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the word Lord, uh, is, is, the, is the word, it's the Hebrew word Yahweh. Uh, it's mentioned some 15 times in the psalm. That's significant as the name of God was rarely used out of reverence to God. And yet God is amazing and so worthy to be talked about. And he does individually care for each of us. That interactive reality of God opens up an opportunity to respond. This psalm, the psalmist here renewed his dedication to God. And maybe we should too. For life dedicated to our interactive God thrives. Three truths of our interactive God, three ways to dedicate to him. Let's first look at three truths of our interactive God. First, that God listens. So take your Bible, hopefully you're close to there or can open to there and turn to Psalm 116. Psalm is right in the middle of your Bibles. So you can go there and also be up on the screen as you walk through this. Verses one to four talk about how God listens. Verse one, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompass me. The pangs of Sheol, that's the, the, the dark place, 
deep down death lay hold of me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called in the name of the Lord. Oh, Yahweh, oh Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. The God of the universe, the creator, the one who holds it all together is never, is never too busy for us. He hears our prayers. He knows our heart. He gets us. He is attentive and we have his attention. And so let's use our voice. Let's cry out to him. Let's plead for mercy. His mercy is holding back what we do deserve. And truth is, all of humanity, because we're all sinful, we deserve all the wrath of God and of all the evil that's in the world. And so we pray that God would hold back what we do deserve. We're to call out to him. We're to appeal to him, to appeal to his nature. God is faithful that he will always be there and be true to his word. He's faithful. We can count on that. We can count on his steadfast love. Now, if you've been with us all during this Psalm series, you know that almost every Sunday we talk about the steadfast love of God, the chesed of God, that loyal love that's always there, always present, that never stops flowing. It's not conditional. It is unconditional. And, we, and God is true to his promises. God is listening. And then like the psalmist expresses, choose to say, I love the Lord. It is an expression of devotion for a life dedicated to our interactive God thrives. If you appreciate that God listens, then say, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Yes, God listens. God also blesses. Look at verses five through seven. Gracious is Yahweh, that's the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital B. Gracious is Yahweh, and, and righteous, our God, is merciful. Yahweh preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he, he saved me. He returned, return, O my soul, to rest, for Yahweh has dealt bountifully with you. The Lord has been good to us. I know we tend to want more and don't appreciate all that we have, but we have what we have by the hand of God. And we have what we don't have by his hand as well. God blesses and gives us grace. Grace is different from mercy. Mercy is holding back what we do deserve. Grace is giving us what we don't deserve. And God gives us so much. He gives us because when we come to faith in him, he gives us position and he gives us place and he gives us all the provisions that we need. God is there with us. And he gives us salvation. He is good. First Chronicles 16, 34 says, Oh, give thanks to Yahweh the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. James 1, 7 puts it this way. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from a God above, coming down from the Father of his life, which with whom there is no variation, no shadow due to change. Think of all the good in your life. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's the blessing of the things around you, your house, your car. All of those things are good job. God is good and he blesses us with all those things. God blesses. And then like the psalmist expresses, choose to say, I love the Lord. It is an expression of devotion for a life dedicated to our interactive God thrives. If you appreciate that God blesses, then say, I love the Lord. 
Our interactive God listens and blesses and the Lord also delivers. Look at verses eight through 11. For you delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before Yahweh in the land of the living. I believed even when I spoke, I'm greatly afflicted. I said to my alarm, all mankind are liars. Yes, God delivers. He rescues. Sure, life is tough. There are struggles. We get sick. We get COVID. And we suffer. Suffering is part of the process. It's part of being in a world that is saturated with sin. When I think just a couple of weeks ago, as I spent time with people who've been displaced from their homes, now in refugee camps, because of any of the evils in the world, one gentleman that I had a chance to talk with, his name is Sahan. He was out sitting under this gazebo and we had a chance to start talking. His English was broken. Google Translator is wonderful. And we started talking and, and I heard of his story. He said, you know, my life was great. I had a wonderful house. He has four young children. They're great little kids, smiling faces, beautiful young kids, a, a, a wonderful wife. And, and he had it all. And businesses, all of that. He was an officer in the Afghan army. One night the Taliban came in at gunpoint, escorted him out of his house. He lost everything. And he began to walk from Afghanistan to Turkey, sleeping out in the bush with his four kids. When I heard his story, I just could hardly take it. I just said, man, how horrible can it get? And he took that boat ride from Turkey over to the island of Lesvos where the camp was. And he's been in there for a little bit trying to get out. There are horrible things in our world. We just need to flip on the news and notice. And yet even in this, God can work and God can deliver. David, who was a refugee from Haiti, gave glory to God as he took that treacherous six-mile boat ride in one of those little uh, dinghy kind of uh, boats that move around uh, from Turkey to Lesbos with his pregnant wife, and he didn't know how to swim. He was terrified for that trip over there. But he gave praise to God who rescued him and his wife. And just a few weeks before I saw him, he gave, his wife gave birth to a little daughter. God rescues. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, God says, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The key in fully experiencing his rescue is to believe in God to come to that place where we trust in God and give it over to him. In verses 10 and 11, it says, behold, I, he says, I believed even when I speak, I'm greatly afflicted. The psalmist takes an aside and says, if he looks into our eyes and he says, even in the difficulty, I believe God. Trust him and hang on to his deliverance. Paul, the apostle Paul expressed that in using the Greek version of the Old Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12, it's actually a quote from Psalm 116, verse 10. Paul said this after he wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. 
And yes, we are to resolve to believe in God's deliverance, God's rescue. When we do, we are empowered, we're emboldened, and yes, rescued. Sometimes not like how we wanted to, but yet we're rescued. See, true help is not found in humanity, in the human ideals of power and money and no struggles and fulfilling of our dreams and having our posts envied by others and living the celebrity life. These are all lies. Verse 11, I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. For true help in all our struggles are found in God. And the question is, are we willing to believe and to look into, that, into the goodness of God and his right way for help? So do you? Do you look to God? Then like the psalmist expresses, choose to say, I love the Lord. It's an expression of devotion. For a life dedicated to our interactive God thrives. If you appreciate that God delivers, then say, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. See, God is interactive. He listens. He blesses. He delivers. There is much to love about God. And we should express how much we do love him. That love is shown in a life dedicated to the Lord. As Psalm 116, now verses 12 to 19, bring out three ways to show our dedication to the Lord. <clears throat> the first is in obedience. Look at verse 12 to 14. What shall, we, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up a cup of sal- the cup of salvation and call on the name of Yahweh. I will pay my vows to Yahweh in the presence of his people. See, God has provided much and he has provided salvation to us from our sin. And the natural response is to follow through with our commitment to him being the Lord of our lives, to follow Jesus as our leader, to obey him, to hold him as the highest influence of our life to boldly live out that commitment. It's saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. Are you? Can you boldly say that you're a follower of Jesus? Does your life show it? Is there evidence of it? Can others see us paying our vows unto the Lord for a life dedicated in obedience to our interactive God thrives? Another way to show our dedication unto the Lord is in service. Haley mentioned that just earlier, uh, verses 15 to 17. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, those who have followed him. O Yahweh, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of of thanksgiving and call on the name of Yahweh. It's natural and good to show our dedication to God through serving him and his purposes. It's it's expressing our thanks by sacrificing our will for his. Many of of us did that uh, with our day or our week of uh, Bible day camp. There's some 85 of us that served in that day. And many of you were involved in that. You gave sacrificially and sometimes really sacrificially because a good handful of people got sick by serving. And they're suffering for their service because that's what part of it. Some have served on mission teams and, and Sundays here, be it our security team, our children's ministry, our student ministry, being involved in the worship ministry. Uh, many of you are making hats for the homeless uh, and volunteering in our office. 
I got to give a shout out for Annie. Annie, as one of our volunteers, she volunteers uh, in our office on, on Mondays. Well, the Tuesday person was out, the Wednesday person was out, and the Thursday person was out, and Annie stepped in. <laughs> Thank you, Annie. And, 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 and on top of that, we could use a few more uh, volunteers in our office. So if you're willing to take that card, say, hey, I'm willing to sit for a few hours in our office and answer phones and be our receptionist. That would be awesome. But also there's in service opportunities in our, in our community, the senior center, uh, uh, in our schools, boys and girls clubs, uh, our city's parks and recreation departments. Serving God is a good thing. How could we step up more to serve the Lord? For life dedicated to serving our interactive God thrives. One more way this psalm brings out to show our dedication to God, and that's in devotion. Look at the last two verses of Psalm 116, verse 18 and 19. I will pay my vows to Yahweh in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of Yahweh, in the midst, O Jerusalem, praise Yahweh. Hallelujah is the Hebrew word there. You can feel the resolve, the stepping up and saying, I will follow God. To be devoted to God is to live out our commitment to him, to live life his way. As Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yoke is a way of life. Yes, it's talking about those connecting two oxen together to, 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 to move a cart or pull a plow, but it's, it's, it's considered and seen as a way of life. Every rabbi, every teacher had a yoke, had a way of life. And Jesus' way is not burdensome. Now, yeah, it takes some work and takes some effort. And sure, it takes practice, but the result is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Those are the evidence of what happens when we follow Jesus. A life well-lived with purpose and fulfillment and satisfaction. Who are, what are you devoted to? The challenge for each of us is to be devoted to God. The question is, are you? For a life dedicated, devoted to our interactive God thrives. <laughs> Way more than lifesaver candy, God has saved us. Not just that, but God is interactive with us. He listens, he blesses, he delivers. And our natural response is to choose to live a life dedicated to the Lord in obedience, in service, in devotion, and to do that publicly. For a life dedicated to our inactive God thrives. Do you love the Lord? Are you willing to live life his way? Then I want to say this before I pray. If you want to say to the people around you that you love the Lord and are willing to follow him, and if you're able, stand to your feet and let's pray.
Father, I thank you for the public display of saying that we love you, that we're dedicated to doing the best as we can to follow after you. So God, guide us and help us because we need help. We're not even sure how to live life your way, but we know you give us the Holy Spirit as a guide and, and Lord, help us to listen, help us to understand but we know it's, it's found in obedience and in serving and, in, and, and being fully devoted to you. So help us in that and guide us, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.